Here is Taylor. Ooh. He busts to the outside, and Jonathan Taylor has these Badger fans salivating right now. Touchdown, Wisconsin. Just to blow it in the mall doesn't mean that we involved. I just what? I just put a rigid on the card. I ain't going playing ball, but I'll show you how the fuck you got to do it. If you really want to take it Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I know you've been asking, where's the Scott Barrett, Jonathan Taylor podcast? Well, here it is. Scott, how are we doing today? Hey, Elliot. I'm doing good. We just watched, I don't know, about 30 minutes worth of Jonathan Taylor tape. So uh, so, so feeling amped up, excited, and uh, been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, man. It's always fun to, to watch film with you. That's one of the ways I think our friendship started was meeting at hookah bars at 10 o'clock at night watching Christian McCaffrey and debating Corey Davis versus Mike Williams. Um, good, good times, <laughs> but uh, Jonathan Taylor, man, we're, we're right on the, we're lockstep on Jonathan Taylor. Let's, let's start right away with his strengths. I know you're a stats guy, so give me some stats that jump off the page to you. Since 2000, there are only 25 instances of a running back exceeding 1,950 rushing yards in a single season. Taylor accounts for three of those and is the only player to make the list more than once. Of the remaining running backs, uh, we find 19 who have already declared for the NFL draft. And then of those 19, eight were first round picks and all 19 were drafted in the first four rounds. Even more impressively, of those 19 running backs, 10 finished top five in fantasy points in at least one NFL season. Basically, what's that saying is if you rush for 1,950 rushing yards, there's a really good chance you're going to be a phenomenal running back for fantasy. And Jonathan Taylor did it three times when no one else came close. Uh, An even better stat, a more impressive stat, I think, uh, is just looking at yards from scrimmage per season. Uh, So since 1956, which is just as, as far back as the database goes, among all Power 5 running backs, uh... Jonathan Taylor ranks first in yards from scrimmage per season with uh, 2,194. The next closest is uh, over 200 uh, yards away, uh, which is absurd. Uh, and then in that top 10, you have you know Herschel Walker, Ricky Williams, Dalvin Cook, Ray Rice, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, if you uh, didn't exclude all non-Power 5 running backs, you get you know, the Marshall Fox of the, the world, but really a who's who list of the best, uh, most exciting bell cow type uh, running backs in football. All the other stats you want to look at, uh, missed tackles forced, the most predictive metric for college running backs, projecting them to the NFL level uh, in terms of fantasy points. And he was a missed tackles forced machine. He averaged 76.3 per season. That was the second most in PFF college history. Uh, Taylor was even more dominant in terms of yards after contact. Uh, another great indicator of talent, uh, finished first, second, and fifth in yards after contact per attempt each of the past three seasons, exceeded 1,200 uh, in each of those seasons, which all ranked top five uh, best uh, seasons in PFF college history. Uh, and then all the other running backs on that list, you know, the Derrick Henrys, Melvin Gordons, Dalvin Cooks, the world. Uh, had success at the NFL level. Uh, the one question mark, which, which we'll get to in a little bit, is receiving. 
uh, potential receiving prowess, but he did average uh, 2.13 yards per route run in 2019, which ranks second best among all 150 touch power five running backs. So in this draft class led all running backs in both career yards for carry and career yards for route run highlighting bell cow potential, but we'll dig a little deeper into that. Basically what I'm saying here is uh, absurd, absurd numbers. In fact, according to my model, uh, he is uh, one of the three best running fantasy uh, running backs to come out since at least 2015. Uh, and you know, uh, how high we were, were on, on Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook. So, uh, yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, listen, when you have numbers like that, the film's probably going to agree that he's really good, right? If he, I mean, if you look at his speed, the 4.39 at his size is absurd. I think it gave him, what, a 99th percentile speed score. His, his vision and patience is absurd. You know, we'll get to ideal landing spots, but his ability to let pulling linemen kind of get there, open up the, the whole, pre- press the line of scrimmage, understand the leverage of different guys. His his ability to get small in space, I think while we were watching film, you said he basically gets like two-dimensional. Like his ability to move in small spaces is absurd. Uh, his ability to break tackles, his ability to move the pile. You know, the number of times you press pause where he gets hit and then he gets tackled six yards further. Or guys have clean shots on him and he doesn't go down. He His balance is absurd. As a pure runner, he is as good of a prospect as I've seen. He's in that Zeke class. He's in that Nick Chubb class. I know people compare him to Fournette. I think he's be- he's much better than Fournette, who I was never a fan of. Uh, as a running back, like, forget the receiving, all that other stuff. As a running back, I really don't think there's a hole in his game. Yeah, so, so I think that's a- absolutely right. Uh, I, I think the best pure rushers in the NFL right now are uh, Nick Chubb and and Derrick Henry, and then Dalvin Cook, maybe, let's say that's the top three. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor immediately as a rookie uh, enters into that sort of conversation, the top five uh, best pure rushers in the NFL. You see the athleticism, like you said, a 97th percentile speed score, uh, the best 10-yard split in the class at 226 pounds so has that burst and then just when we watched the tape he was doing things that it just defied logic it didn't make sense like i i had to watch him in slow motion to fully appreciate him uh where absurd absurd vision and like you like we talked about the ability to get small in in confined spaces i've never seen a, a better legitimately a better runner in confined spaces coming out of college where there's just this massive pile. There's four guys clawing at him, and it, it, it defies logic. He just pops out the other end of the hole and just keeps going for another eight yards. And, and you're like, how did he – di-? the only way that that could make sense is, like, like we said, he just like turns into Paper Mario. He goes two-dimensional. Or if it's like the scene from Spider-Man where he's moving and – uh, everyone else is moving in slow motion and he's not, and he's just kind of like ducking under a guy's hand and just, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's crazy. Just so much fun to watch this guy on tape and, and you really see, he has, he has it all as a, as a pure runner. Yeah. I think one other thing about it too, is that, you know, when you talked about missed tackles and forcing missed tackles is one of the most predictive statistics for running back success. 
when he breaks tackles, he's not just, you know, shedding a tackle. He's back to, like, top speed within a step. His first step, his explosiveness, his ability to kind of regain his power and uh, speed is amazing coming out of a missed tackle. I just, he, like you said, he's a pure joy to watch. You know, no prospect is perfect, though, even though we basically just said he's a perfect running prospect. What are some <laughs> of the concerns you have for him at the next level? So, so the concerns that, that have been, uh, we, we've heard on Twitter from, from various draft pundits, uh, one is fumbles, which is actually something he's sort of cleaned up uh, since his freshman season. But it's also something that means nothing to me. I, I've run the numbers. I've tested the correlations. It doesn't matter at all. And, and his, his fumble rate really isn't that egregious. You have to remember, this is a guy with nearly 1,000 touches in three seasons. The second potential red flag we're, we're hearing is, is mileage. Oh, he has too much mileage. He has 968 touches. No, you're, you're counting a good thing as a bad thing, and that's stupid. He, he averages 23.6 touches per game. He's never missed a game. He's, he's barely 21 years old. We know he can withstand a, a workhorse bell cow potential. I, I, mean, I mean, Derek Henry had 968 touches when he was 15 years old. Like, not, not worried. Uh, my, my concern with him is, and this is just, you know, debating whether or not he should go 101 or Judy should go 101 in pre-NFL draft drafts. Uh, and that's and that's the bell cow potential, the every snap potential, the receiving potential. Remember, targets in fantasy football and PPR leagues is worth 2.83 times as much as a carry. So so that's really really important. Uh, and we'll talk about what you saw on tape. But uh, my what what's concerning to me is so in 2018, Jonathan Taylor knew like this is what he needed to go in the first round. He needed to be. Uh, a better receiver. So he spent every spring practice in, in 2018 with the head coach, Paul Christ, uh, for the first 30 minutes working only on pass catching, on route trees, how to get in and out of breaks. And then he caught just eight passes the whole season. The next season, heading into it, again, hyped up. He, he knows what he needs to work on. Uh, spent uh, immense time with the coaches, watching tape on guys like Melvin Gordon uh, trying to uh, under understand, you know, how to be a better receiver. The the staff hyped it up, said, "Oh, he, uh, he's probably going to get fifty fewer rushing attempts, but fifty more catches this year." And then that didn't really manifest either. So it's like, if if everyone was on board trying to get this guy more passing game work, why didn't that materialize? Why didn't that manifest? You have to question whether maybe he's just, you know. That, that's that's not where he can excel. But I, I want to hear your your film based take on this. Yeah, I mean, I think listen, it's it's tough when there's there's fewer reps, there's fewer opportunities to see what a guy can do. I said on Twitter that I don't think it's fair to compare him to Saquon because Saquon is as good of a receiving back as we've seen step in the NFL. And even if the Giants don't always use him the right way, you know, it's it's tough to put Taylor in that that conversation as a receiver because he he hasn't done it. He has the athletic traits, right? We saw when we watched his film a couple of flat routes where he adjusted the ball incredibly nicely, where he looked the ball in, you know, was able to catch an off-target pass, catch the ball away from his body. He ran an angle route where he drifted a little bit high up the field, but when he, he came back, 
reached for the ball away from his body, braced for contact, broke, and then fell forward for two yards for the first down. Like There's flashes of it. I think he's going to continue to need to develop in that area. I wonder whether or not he becomes like a Zeke receiver. I think it would be great for fantasy. I just don't know from an NFL perspective if he's ever a guy that you're going to split in the slot, be able to, to create uh, bad situations for the defense based on personnel types, get them lined up on linebackers, have them get vertical, run angle routes, get very creative with them in the passing game. I think he's going to be limited in that area, but I think he can be a capable receiver. Is, is there a, a cop you can give in, in terms of you know, elite rusher, but could still get X number of targets like a, I mean, Leonard Fournette last year. Oh, Fournette, yeah. <laughs> um, that would be amazing, right? And that that's where landing spot really comes in. But I think Nick Chubb pre-Kareem Hunt. Okay, okay. I mean, that's that's that, that makes me a little nervous then. It's like, would you rather have a top three rusher, uh, but who's only going to get like 25 targets versus – Let's say uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a average rusher, but is going to get you know seventy targets potentially. Um, that, that's where things get tricky, and, and why he's he's not you know the no brainer one hundred one pre NFL draft. I mean, if he if he goes to a good, maybe even just like average landing spot, he he would be my one hundred one. But he's he's definitely my my RB one. It's just. No, listen, it's, it's a question elite, of how a team's yeah. going to use them, right? And from a fantasy perspective, that yeah. 100% is a legit question. So, you know, we're talking about an ideal landing spot. Where would you like to see him go? I mean, I mean, luckily, there's there's a lot of, you know, strong uh, potential landing spots at the end of that first round. You can, you know, I, I feel like Seattle, that's, that's something Seattle would do. Uh, you know, Kansas City, obviously, is the one everyone's uh, looking at and drooling over. Um you know the the Rams could be a possibility. Uh, my friend Alex Dunlap of uh, Roster Watch has, has been comping uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor to Todd Gurley. Uh, what, what about you? I mean, from an NFL perspective, I would love to see him go to the Baltimore Ravens at twenty eight, 28 overall. You know, they're a run first team. Lamar Jackson's already in that backfield. People are going to tell me about Mark Ingram. He's a 30 year old running back with one year left on his contract. Jonathan Taylor would step in and be the best player on that team. I'm not worried that Gus Edwards is there, right? Once we start worrying about Gus Edwards, we're, we're wasting our time talking about landing spots. But, you know, they're a run heavy team. His, his opportunity to get more holes with teams having to focus on Lamar Jackson as well. They don't throw to their running backs too much, but it would give an opportunity for him and Lamar to kind of grow in that area together. He'd get a great offensive line, a run-heavy team. He'd get the draft capital. I think that, you know, it'd be really exciting to see Jonathan Taylor in the on a, as a Baltimore Raven. Yeah, I think that's that's an amazing, uh, amazing call. I don't, I don't think anyone's really put that together, but I mean, it makes sense. They were the heavy favorites rolling into the playoffs. They have a pretty complete team, so they would be someone that could, you know, uh, make that sort of vanity pick, luxury pick. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, if Gus Edwards is averaging 5.3 yards per carry, uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to average 6.6. Uh, and, and, and sure, he's not going to get a lot of targets, but, but that is one thing about those hyper-mobile quarterbacks. They do make it a lot easier for the, the running back just in terms of ground game efficiency. Uh, and, and that's how they win, you know, on the ground. 
playing playing good defense. Uh, so so I like that call a lot. Is there a guy that he reminds you of? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm more interested to hear uh, your comp for him. Yeah, I mean, I think the Zeke comp makes sense for me. He reminds me so much of Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb's the highest graded pure runner that I've I've given, and Jonathan Taylor actually gets a slightly better grade for me than Nick Chubb does. So I think that uh, that means I'm trying to give an absolute like slam dunk high end comparison because I think he's that level player. You know. He doesn't have the injury concern that Chubb did, and Chubb came out with some pass game concerns, but from a pure runner perspective, everyone talked about he was a slam dunk, can't miss player, and I think that's the level that Jonathan Taylor is. I like it. Scott, I appreciate you joining me on uh, Draft Daily. Tell the people where they can find you. Everyone should know, but just in case there's someone who's lived under a rock, where can, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Scott Barrett DFB. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you joining us, guys. I appreciate you tuning in for this episode of Draft Daily. Excited for all the future podcasts and appreciate you tuning in. Thank you.